with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday morning. And we heard the API just now about the anti-scam hotline. So I'd like to welcome on the program. No, it's no link there. Um, the one and the only Andrew Dambina. Hi, Andrew. It's good to speak to you. How are you doing? What you did. Hello, Noreen. Yeah. <laughs> sure. You see what I did there? Yes. Just showing my true colors. No, just. Um, it's yeah. always nice to speak to you. I, you've sent over a lot of pictures. The reason I'm saying it sort of at the beginning is so that we can drive our listeners onto Facebook and so they can okay. check out some of the images. Uh, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. And you can check out some of the, the wonderful, uh, colorful pictures that Andrew has sent over. Over to you, oh. Andrew. Yes, thank you, Noreen. Um, well, it, it, I just wanted to mention, first of all, and I think this one may not be on the Facebook page, but not to worry. Um, I have, I live on one of the outlying islands. We've referenced that before, I think, on more than one occasion. Yes, yes. And it is a time of harvest for some fruits in Hong Kong. So I want to recommend that if anybody is braving it in the heat for a half or full day excursion when it comes to weekends, days off, public holidays, whatever, to get out there into the green and blue of, uh, of a Hong Kong summer, then do look out right now for fruits that are in season. And they'll continue to be, actually. There's another fruit that's coming up. I'll tell you about it in a moment. But the, um, I did send Noreen a snap of uh, a fruit that, uh, that my, myself and my wife picked um, with... Uh, with the permission, of course, of someone on a farm on Lama. And there are, there are trees around which are also in public areas which are not owned by anyone that have kind of probably been, uh, you know, they've grown through seeds being wind-dispersed or bird-eaten and dispersed and then grown into parts which are on the footpaths that go along some of the main trails and uh, paths up into the hills and on the flats on the island that I live in. And so there's a couple of, uh, of red fruits that I've sent pictures of. One, which is really, really sweet, is lychees, which are in season right now in Hong Kong. And you can get them for the same price as they're available, to be honest, in, uh, uh, in some supermarkets and, and wet markets around Hong Kong. But the point is they are super, super just off the tree fresh. And around the footpaths, where uh, where I am uh, um, living, there are there's fallen fruit because people on those ones which are public areas, people don't always take them, and so you know they they then get wasted. So if you if you are going out into the new territories or to the outlying islands, look out for ripe lychee trees. Also, something which I've included. Don't know if you've had these before, Noreen. They're not known in. Um, uh, in places outside of Southeast Asia and Hong Kong mostly, bell fruit uh, or rose apple, they're sometimes called. And they don't have a strong taste. They're pink to reddish in colour when they're ripe. And they have the texture of biting into either, I'd say, an apple or maybe more like a crystal pear, even more juicy than an apple, more of a water content. Wow. And they have a very... I've never tried they do them have before. A, oh, right, OK. Well, they do have a slight rose taste to them. And uh, if you ever go to Southeast Asian places, you might get them in a fruit salad, or if you're staying in a, in a hotel or guest house, you might be, you, you know, and they put fruit in the room. This will often be one of them, the rose apple or bell fruit. 
And um, yeah, not highly flavoured, but really great for hydrating in the hot temperature. Um, and also on the trees right now, longan, so dragon eyes, um, and also wong pei, which uh, that's the, that's the badly pronounced version of the Hong Kong word uh, <laughs> no, in it's English. Good. Wong pei, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Wrong. It was the wrong tone, wasn't it? But 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 in in English, it's been taken. Right. Well, the name is called Wong Pei, which sounds a bit like Mandarin. But it's um, but actually that is the official name in English. Like um, some, uh, I don't know, all kinds of words have been borrowed from Chinese into the English language. I mean, I think most obviously of, uh, let's say, typhoon um, from Daifeng, you know, from the Cantonese, and also let's say um, uh, in, in in southern England, in in London and southern England, people would sometimes uh, call a cup of tea a cup of cha, and that comes from chai, from the Indian uh, milk tea. So, so in 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 English, you know, lychee, the word for, for fruit, comes from the Chinese name. So does wong wong pei, which becomes wong pi. But longan, which means dragon eyes, is sometimes translated into dragon eye fruit. So longan, some of them are falling off the trees, and they're pretty good. Wong pei are now um, are now ripe. Um, how would you describe a wong pei fruit, Noreen? They're, they're they're yellow. That's a start. Yeah, they're sort of like a, a um. Um, a, an elongated long an. I, I don't yeah. know, sort of. No, um, right. But then the That's skin is different. Yeah, the, the skin is different because long an's skin is more crunchy, but wong pei, mm. you have to sort of peel it. A bit sort of like kiwi um, uh, kiwi skin minus the fuzz. I think. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it's about the same thickness as a kiwi skin. Yeah. Uh, no fuzz. Uh, also, it, you have to kind of work no a bit fuzz, hard to no get your fruit. Yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you have to you have to kind of work for it to get your fruit off the sometimes three or four seeds that you'll get in a small, not much bigger than a grape, yeah. um, or or um, you know an elongated long an or lychee, and uh, and you get and it's mostly packed with seeds. But the fruit that's on there is also quite refreshing. All of these, it's no coincidence probably that uh, that that nature gives us these quite refreshing fruits in the very hot time of the year. Yeah, I can so, feel my, I can feel like you know myself salivating because wong mm. pei is very, uh, it's quite tangy. Um, yeah. And the texture of the skin is quite nice. Uh, uh, not skin, of uh, the flesh is quite nice. Um, mm. It's quite soft, uh, a little bit of a bite to it, but not kind of, I don't know, how would you describe the, the texture well, of it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't, ha- you're right, it doesn't have the bite or crunch that a long an uh, would have. It's probably even a bit softer, I think, than a lychee fruit, which can be very soft sometimes. And um, so it's like a very ripe grape maybe if you've got a really ripe grape on the bunch it doesn't have it doesn't have that crunch basically mm. but it is it's tart it's a kind of sourish taste but it's nice in the hot weather so look out for them and uh enjoy or, or patronize uh some of the uh farmers in the new territories and uh the outlying islands who are selling these fruits i would suggest and enjoy having something that is grown near somewhere that you're visiting if you're doing that so, t- changing the subject to some of the colourful pictures that Noreen referenced that she's put on her Facebook page, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3, uh, you may not or you may have heard of the UK in that country very much talked about Pop and Rock uh, Festival, which happened at the weekend just gone by, Glastonbury. It was held at the weekend. Um, and it 
is known for all kinds of musicians playing there. There was a, there was a lot of hype, and it was even included in RTHK News about Elton John doing his uh, possibly his last ever uh, concert live there. Um, but it's also become a little bit upscale in its offerings of truck food or food stalls. And so what I've sent to you, Noreen, is some really interesting food stalls that go along there. And let's hope that the organisers of Flock and Flap and those who are taking food and beverage there can take a look at what was served at Glastonbury. And on the Glastonbury website, you can get a list of all of the stalls that were there. There were 250 in all the weekend that's just gone by. That's amazing, really. 250 for around 175,000 people that will attend. It was expected throughout the weekend and it's just gone by. They haven't released the full figures yet, but they were expecting 175,000 people there on on the two-day festival. And the choices are very wide-ranging. No surprise that when you have people who are into, especially younger generations of people who are into pop and rock, there will be a mixed bunch, as there are in any walk of life, of people who want to have these days things absolutely vegan, maybe veggie, or maybe fancy some meat options too. So you've got everything there. I'm going to talk about some of the highlights that were there. And the first one that's been there for several years now is called the Goan Seafood Company. Uh, Goa, as in southern India, oh. known for its seafood, yeah. uh, coconut milk-laced curries, yeah? Nice. And, uh, so, uh, but, but actually, its most popular dish is the Goan mackerel masala dal. So it, it combines mackerel with lentils that you will get in dal in Indian cuisine. Um, bone, it's, but it's boneless mackerel. Everything at a festival where, where it's kind of finger food or people are even walking around, you know, they're getting food on the go all the time, has to be both fresh and also boneless. You know, I mean, it's easy to eat. I mean, I think with some of the meaty bones, which are not so easy to get stuck in one's throat, like uh, if someone's having a steak and there were a few places selling things like Welsh grass-fed steak, it was all, a lot of it is really sounding like it's good qual- uh, quality. Of course, that'll be marketing to a certain extent. But uh, the, the, yeah, back to the Goan Seafood Company, their other signature dish really is its Goan Fish curry and um, that is made Goan curry has uh, a, a similar mix to a lot of Indian curries except more coconut milk uh, a lot of the time not all of them though but but the Goan fish curry that it sells out of quickly and, and while it's boiling up another batch is made from tomatoes onion garlic ginger tamarind and their own freshly ground uh, spices and curry paste mix which they uh, cook while uh, you know while they're serving out of the hatch at the front, just serving it with plain rice. Another one I sent you a picture of, which uh, is called Taste Tibet, is an interesting one. It's a BBC Food Award-winning restaurant, which uh, which goes to the festival uh, and has been there for a few years running. It serves dumplings and it also serves stir-fried or braised dishes, which have robust sauces and seasoning, like. Sichuan food, which Sichuan does get hot in the summer and Tibet gets hot in the summer during the daytime, but very cold at nighttime because of its, of its elevation. It often goes for high, um, high flavor in, in its cuisine. 
and, they and a lot of spicy take, food as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. They, 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 they do throw in a lot of chilies, garlic, star anise in um, in Tibetan food, as they do in some Sichuan cooking as well. So they have a, you know, they have, they they kind of really want the flavours to stand out, whether it's uh, whether it's a hot middle of the summer's day or um, or a long harsh winter or very cold evenings in the summer. And so some of the restaurants, including the Tibetan one and um, the Goan, uh, the, the, even the Goan seafood one, he has, even though it's seafood is in the name, it does have one or two vegetarian dishes. Um, some are offer only vegan. And I sent, sent you a picture of a lovely, a very refreshing on a day like today in Hong Kong looking ice cream cornet. Um, and that is from the split screen ice cream van. Um, and that, <laughs> serves only plant-based ice cream. Wow. I'm kind of interested in that. I have tried that before. Have you, Noreen? Mm. A plant-based uh, ice cream? No. Uh, um, no. So it's made with, like, almond milk or something like that? <laughs> yeah, some of them are made with almond milk. Some uh, these days they are experimenting a little bit more with oat milk. Oh. I've also had soya bean, you know, soya milk ice cream. So when, when soya ice cream was first made, though, um, it was it was very much you could taste. It was a bit like having a frozen Vita soy. You know, it was kind of really tasted like soya bean. And then it became more and more refined, a bit like the uh, alternative dairy milks. You know, alternative to dairy oh. milks have become that you can't always taste the uh, the ingredients. You know, they've been they've been they've been covered. Of course, with the ice cream, and yeah. um, you can also add the the extra flavouring. Well, so, uh, well, I have tried plant-based based ice cream. It's a homemade one. Our lovely auntie oh, yeah. at home, um, she uh, brought back some avocados from the Philippines that she had an mm. avocado tree. So she brought back these massive avocados. I'm telling you, uh, they're about the size of um, a, a, a hand, like a man's wow. hand. Yeah, they were yeah, really yeah. quite big. They, they look like mangoes, but green. Huh. Um, yeah. And then they were uh, overripe. So then uh, she made them into avocado ice cream. Um, wow! How and, was that? Oh, it was delicious. It was super creamy, and um, the, the avocado itself had a beautiful avocadoy, buttery flavor. And she added mm. just you know a little bit of sugar, not heaps, um, and and she made it, and it was soup, and she froze it, and it was perfect for a summer's day. It was kind of like a sweetened, frozen avocado. It was really yummy. <laughs> Sounds like she's done that before because it's not the first thing that would come to mind, you know, with a with a, with a very ripe avocado. Yeah. So yeah, that's that. Oh, that's that's really that's pretty interesting. Never, I haven't tried that. I've tried an avocado um, milkshake before in Taiwan. Those are really popular in oh, Taiwanese yeah, yeah. bubble tea places. Yeah, yeah I've had an avocado uh, smoothie. Yeah. That's um, yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> sure, sure. Noreen. Sure. Um, so, 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 but, uh, uh, just just continuing with some of the interesting food that was around. There was a currently sensitively named vendor that was selling pies. Uh, it's from Melton Mowbray, which is very near where I went to do my tertiary studies in Leicester. And uh, Melton Mowbray is a small town outside of Leicester in the Midlands in the UK, and it's famous for its pork pies. I don't know if they originated there, but it's become like the gold standard for pork pies and for some other pies, but it all started with them for pork pies. But it produces all kinds of baked pastry fillings. Again, um, not, uh, not, not all of them are meat. There are some vegetarian ones as well. One thing that I don't think I would fancy is uh, the picture that I sent you, which is a pie inside a brioche burger bun, which is uh, it's a pie with mashed potato and gravy. And this pie in a bun 
with mashed potato and gravy won something at the British Pie Awards. Tells you something about the judges there. Uh, putting, 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 putting a meat pie um, with, um, with, with uh, kind of a smashed... Actually, the potatoes look pretty nice. They're smashed. They're not puree. You know, they've got yeah. a bit of texture in them. But then a brioche bun. I mean, for a start, you couldn't get your mouth around that whole thing. It's about... Uh, it's probably about, uh, I don't two, know, 20, two 20 Big centimetres. Yeah. 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 So, um, no, but, but, but the, thing that was, the thing that must have been a bit weird when they were on display with their pie van at Glastonbury Festival this weekend is their name. Because at the moment, this would be a, currently a bit of a sensitive name. They're called Titanic. Uh, and with the you know with the with the recent news of the Titanic and the submarine and so on, that's uh, yeah, uh, but that's, I but I thought that's bad I timing because I'm sure it's yeah, yeah oh. they've been around for ages and yeah. they're basically they were making a pun about sinking a few pies you know as an sure. evening sure it's just it's, unfortunate uh, but, yeah. timing with the news yeah oh. indeed indeed I'll, I'll I'll breeze through the the other one so I can get on to another topic but but other things that were there was something called Dippy Dogs which are vegan, totally vegan sausages covered in crispy corn casings. If anyone's had a corn dog, you'll know what that is. And there is also something called the Somerset Cider Bus. Um, you don't need to uh, think too hard about what's being served off that. And I sent you a picture of uh, from inside the bus of what looks like hundreds of people either queuing up for for cider from barrels from Somerset, uh, which is uh, the, the company is based very near where Glastonbury is sited. And this bus has been attending the Glastonbury Festival since it began in its first incarnation many years ago. Well, I'm going to move on from interesting festival food. And, um, and also, I'll say, you know, I've been to... Um, uh, clock and flap a lot and uh, the food offerings are not bad quite enjoyed this year some of the things that i had there but i think it would just be nice to have a hell of a lot more of stuff there to choose from i know that that people have to pay to be there and if you do have more then it's going to depend on numbers and it all comes down to you know probably number crunching at the end but it would be nice to have a bit more there um so next topic um the rather um up and down extremes of weather in mainland china which is hurting livestock and arable farming. You can see there, Noreen, or listeners, if you look at Noreen's um, Radio 3 Facebook page, there are some big, big extremes going across the country uh, from the north of China, uh, where things are in drought at the moment and very parched and have been since last week, where there have been severe hot weather warnings, including in the capital, but we're talking about food things here. So we're talking about how it's affecting... Uh, livestock and arable crops. Then in the south, nearer to where we are, and we should know a bit about this because it's no surprise that a little bit further north in Guangdong and Guangxi and other parts of southern China, as happens seemingly every summer, uh, are torrential uh, rain bursting the banks of, uh, of rivers which are causing floods to spill into farmlands. So I've sent you a couple of dramatic pictures that have been in the news over the last few days really since last week about three million hectares of farmland in china are suffering from drought uh that was reported by uh, xinhua news agency the state media organization in china on sunday just gone with record high ter- uh, high temperatures hitting large parts of the country last week and it's affecting about uh, or it was on sunday around 200,000 people 
and 760,000 large livestock, which means cows, sheep, goats, that do not have access to sufficient water. Uh, that, was all, that was all announced. Um, Mongolia is badly affected because uh, grasslands that feed uh, sheep and cattle don't have a lot of shade, and they're often farmed by people who are, who are nomadic and grazing. And uh, in southwestern Yunnan, there's been a lot of uh, droughts actually uh, going on for a more prolonged time than just this recent spate. So regular summer scarcity. Don't know what can be done about it. Probably too much forestation has been cleared and it just needs probably shelter to be put in place and, uh, and irrigation in the hot places and, uh, don't know, maybe building up the riverbanks in the south. I mean, I'm not offering solutions. I'm just reporting some unfortunate extreme things. So now... This, this regular summer scarcity will happen and price hikes, of course, will happen both in uh, mainland China and no doubt in Hong Kong to be expected as well. Quickly, um, last one, I know there's only a few seconds left. If you're a traveller to the UK this summer or some other time and you're a snacker, here's a website for you. It's called Foodstuff Find. So Foodstuff, one word, find. Uh, but that's put it all into one word, uh, .com. There are all types of snacks that are across the UK, some really interesting ones that you can uh, search by savoury, sweet, parts of the country. They've been, uh, they've been on BBC uh, reported as being a, an interesting one for smaller products that are made across the country. If you're a foodie and you're going over there or an armchair traveller and you want to have a look, check out foodstufffinds.co.uk. That's it from me. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for your sharing this week and uh, more from you next week. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks, Norrie.